it. Let's see if I remember how to do an intro. Uh, all right, let's get it. Welcome back to On The Clock. I'm your host, Reagan Griffin, and I'm joined, as always, by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Cam Lewis. Little bit of... A little bit of a different uh, setup, you know, with all the, the coronavirus things going on, all the social distancing. I'm back home in Memphis. Cam is back home in New Orleans. Um, so we're doing this remotely, but we, we still wanted to get the product to you because the NFL world does not stop and neither does the draft process. Although, it's going to look a little different. Ain't that right, Cam? Yeah, man. Yeah, don't know how you know. Kind of play out. It's going to be a little bit weird, but definitely different. So we'll get into that. No doubt about it. Let's go ahead and get into it then. Um, so apparently, many, if not all, the teams have put a travel ban on their coaches and scouts. So that basically means they can't go see and talk to the prospects, and the NFL's banned the prospects from going anywhere. So basically, there's no face to face interaction between these guys. What do you think that means for the the rest of the draft process? Coaches, scouts, assistant GMs are yeah. really gonna have to depend on us on that scouting department. I mean, that that's the truth of the matter. I mean, these guys spend their whole you know the whole season traveling, different games, different conferences to see these guys play, and you won't have a chance to see them in person. So I mean, you have to depend on your boy that you have now. And I mean, you can do what we're doing, you know. Skype a guy, Zoom a guy, but right. you'll never have that face-to-face interaction. So you have to have to trust your scouting department. This is where I think, you know, the good teams and the good departments in the front office have away from the bad. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. No doubt about it. Um, and yeah, like you said, this is really going to separate the men from the boys because I think a lot of what happens throughout the the time uh, before the draft and after the NFL season's over is when people really start heating up and start paying attention to the draft process. But this has been going on. This is a year long process. Dudes have been watching the tape. They've been evaluating these dudes far beyond we started paying attention to it. Right. So it, it, it's really uh, all that foundation that's already been built. That's going to depend on what happens in the draft. Um, um, but it really I want to talk about how it hurts a lot of people because you don't get that pro day. Right. And a lot of times yeah. that pro day can be make or break for some of these prospects. Yeah, man, I think what was that last Tuesday or Wednesday was like the last pro day, Oklahoma. Right. And CD Lamb yeah. had a really good uh, pro day. Yeah. But just like some of those under the radar guys, that really hurts because even like, you know, let's say, for instance, a guy could not perform in their pro day or couldn't perform at the combine or something like that. They had the chance to, you know, go meet with these teams face to face. Now they don't have either option. So it's it's kind of like there's nothing you can do about it. Besides, I mean, pray about the situation and, you know, trust that one of 32 teams sees something on film or, you know, you've displayed something to have that team believe in you. But yeah, that that really sucks. It's going to hurt a lot of people, especially in that range from like the third to the seventh round. That's, that's really going to hurt a lot of guys. Right. And one of the guys that actually comes to mind, I remember we've talked about Ashton Davis before. He was, he yeah. was too injured to go at the senior bowl. He couldn't go at the combine, but he's a really, really good athlete. And the pro day could have been his opportunity to strut that a little bit, but now he doesn't get that, right? Yeah. So his entire draft evaluation, no one, I mean, at least, mm-hmm. what were you going to yeah. say? 
I said this whole draft evaluation is done. Not only yeah. like we said no pro day, but no no meetings either, no visits. So. Exactly, unless they do the yeah, the, the Skype deal. Yeah. Um, but you know that's really like like you said the the scouting that you've already done comes in because this is an opportunity, I guess, on the team's point of view to really get some steals in the draft because of guys who might have been dealt unfortunate cards like an Ashton Davis. Yeah, I mean that's. There's really no bright side to this whole situation. Yeah, very but true. If you if you're looking for something, I mean, I, I guess that's a, that you know you might be a good player, but for the actual people affected by this, there, there's no bright side. To no this. doubt about it. Um, and as for the actual draft, it, it's been said that the event's going to go on as scheduled without the fans, um, which is kind of a little weird. I'm not going to lie. That that looks that feels like it'd be a little awkward. Yeah, it's going to be really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at least the commissioner doesn't have to get booed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it's good for him. But <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love him being booed. So that that's gonna suck. I mean, just trying to make light of this whole situation. Uh, I won't be able to, you know, see the overreaction when the Giants take Makai back then. That was oh, kind of cool. Isaiah Simmons. Um, yeah, I'm still sticking with that. But yeah, man. Um, I think the NFL is doing the right thing, even though it's gonna be weird, and you know, a lot of fans have you know already made plans to go to the draft, and you know. Get into all of the the draft events and stuff like that. It's a sad situation. So I mean, and I don't know if we started off with the podcast, but for our listeners, please, you know, take precautions, wash yeah. your hands, stuff like that. You know, do what everyone's telling you to do. Our health departments, our doctors, the government. Just just listen. This is a crazy situation. But yeah, back back to the draft. It's just really weird. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna like. I don't know how I'm going to react to everything, but the draft is really going to be weird, even for the players. Like, it's, it's not the same feeling. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you know, like, I mean, it's a big day for your family and for you, but, you know, like, you know, being drafted by the Eagles, like, the Eagles fans, they're always deep in the draft. Like, right. If, if, you know, Justin Jefferson, whoever gets drafted there, stop, you don't have stop. Hey, hey, I see what you just tried to do. Don't. <laughs> You're not slick, Cam. Don't say Justin Jefferson and the Eagles in the same sentence. I don't like that. You, uh, I, I see your point, though. Honestly, if I'm a prospect, um, I'm not going to the draft. I, I'd rather just be with my family at home because that's already a decision that a lot of guys have to make, and they ultimately end up making it where they want to spend the time with your family. Why even take the time out to get on an airplane, travel to Vegas, do all that extra stuff? And depending, depending on how this issue takes place over the next month or so, getting on that plane might be a risk. Right, exactly. Yeah. And they, they could end up shutting that down, too. The, we, don't, we don't know where that's going to go. Right. Um, my question is, are they still going to make them get on? Because you remember how they were going to say, uh, you got to get don't. on the boat. Please, please. I, get on yeah, the boat please. by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Let them get I on the it, boat. I hate that it had to come to this for the boat to hopefully be canceled. But we, we can just leave that as hopefully that's a rough draft, you know, that the NFL threw out there and everybody was like, okay, no, go back to work. And, you know, hopefully they took that out. But no. That's no, going to be so awkward if they have to get on that boat by themselves. <laughs> please please oh, don't do that. Man. That's so awkward. That'd it's awkward weird. already with fans there. Don't, don't do that. Just exactly. let the guys walk on the stage, take the head and. And going with the next pick, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully that does not happen. Yeah. Um. Anyways, another thing that's been going on in the NFL, really, that's the only major thing going on in sports right now, because everything's shut down is free agency, because you don't really have to, yeah. you know, make contact with people to conduct that. Um. 
but life goes on and the, the NFL certainly hasn't seen any steam, you know, drop away because th- this is really off the chains, man. And I wanted to talk about, you know, some of the free agent moves that are going to affect the draft and some of the ramific- ramifications that are going to come along with that. Um, starting with DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals, because I think that's the biggest one, because we all thought that they were going to go receiver. Man. And we'll talk about how dumb that was when we get to triple coverage. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to save it for triple coverage, but just talking about that issue doesn't. So you go first, right? Makes me. Oh man! Like I said, you know, uh, basically every mock draft that I looked at had the Cardinals going, you know, either C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy. Um, more so C.D. Lamb, just because the connection between Kyler Murray and Oklahoma and all that. Um, yeah, but now that they went and got arguably the best receiver in the NFL right now. For basically nothing. Arguably, you can make an argument for it. You know, you talk about Julio. You talk. I I know you're a Saints fan, so you're gonna say Michael Thomas. But we talk about. Um, kind of. That's not. I'm torn, but that's a different conversation. We'll talk about that at the end if we have time. But I don't know. I'm gonna say this and then I'll address what we're talking about. You know, just really funny that you know C.D. Lamb was projected to go there. You know, his draft. Top was DeAndre Hopkins, and mm. the Cardinals were, were were blessed with their were DeAndre Hopkins. Blessed for not even a first round pick. So anyway, um, yeah, I definitely think it affects the draft. Um, actually, and we'll get into more obviously what we're talking about, but just the last what six days, five days, just the top half of the draft. I think from like eight to fourteen is like really just shaking up the draft board. Oh yeah. Which works out great for a lot of teams. But I think Arizona has to go off the top I mean Yeah. I agree. You're, back, you're keeping Drake. You have DeAndre Hopkins. You have Christian Kirk. You have Andy Isabella. There's Fiala with Phil. I forgot the other guy, Hakeem Butler from mm-hmm. last year. I think that's his name. So they're 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 good on weapons, but they have to they have to put that collar word. Right. Um so that definitely changes everything a bit. So um, I don't know. Worse is picking up a lot of steam. I don't know if they go interior offensive lineman or if they go get a left tackle, right tackle, or you know, just best offensive lineman on the board. But right. yeah, I definitely think there's there's no option there for them. It was you know always between offensive tackle and receiver. I think it's hundred percent offensive tackle now. I agree. Um, and I, I would say that they do go get a left tackle just because that is the most important position most on the offensive position, line. Yeah. Um, and Worf is, is arguably the best offensive lineman, period. So if he falls to you, which it looks like there's a strong chance that he will, um, I, I think that's the pick that you got to make if you're uh, Kingsbury in the in the Cardinals. Um, but looking at the Texans, now you're leaving Deshaun Watson with absolutely nothing, really. Because David Johnson hasn't been what he used to be. Um... Will Fuller's hurt basically the majority of the time. So you, you got to go receiver, I imagine, right? But when? Because <laughs> they don't have a first. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what picks they have, honestly. I'm assuming they have a second. But, you know. I, mean, they, I would they, hope that they have a second. If, if, um, there, if there's a draft in did, which you did they need. Get a second for Hopkins, I'm sorry. I believe they got a second for Hopkins. Yes, yes, they did. Yeah, okay. Um, so I mean, sure, you can you can go receiver, but they have a bunch of needs. They need a tackle. No, they just they just got they just they just, yeah, they just got tons um, of tons of yeah. So that's a judge, but they need a running back. They need a receiver. Yeah, I mean, basically, they le- they they left Watson out high and dry, and like I said, we'll get into it more in triple coverage. I think they but- have two seconds. 
I think they have two seconds. Yeah. And so if there was ever somebody like your guy, Mims or something. Yeah, Mims. Uh, he's a first round prospect, man. What are you talking about? He can't fall in second. He round. is a first round prospect, but doesn't mean he's going first round. True. If there was ever a draft to need a receiver but not have a first round pick, this is the draft to do it because this is yeah. we we keep saying it, the, the deepest receiving class in a very long time. But they have so many needs. That's true. I like, mean I know they have David Johnson, but I still feel like you need a running back because He's not, you know, for sure going to stay healthy. And Lamar Miller's on, um, he's a free agent. So he's As is Carlos team. Hyde, right? So Yeah, so they have a lot of needs. And th- this think, is this is kind I of a... I think they're a bad season away from, um, <laughs> from being a real hot topic um, on the clock next year. Man. One, one season away from, from being really, really hot in the draft talks. Man, I, I'll just say this because I wanted to talk about this a little more on um on triple coverage, but I I've just about made up in my mind that there's just no way that you can have your head coach and your GM be the same dude. It's just it's it doesn't work, and we've seen it work one time with Bill Belichick, and that's because he's as emotionless of a person as they come. But in nine times out of ten cases, it just does not work. Consolidated power is not the way to go in professional sports because there's just too many egos. And, uh, you know, Bill Bill O'Brien, he was named the GM in what, January? And yeah. this is the first thing he does because apparently he had some sort of rift with DeAndre Hopkins or whatever. Um, but that, that that it's utterly ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous because you've left your franchise quarterback, one of the brighter young stars in the NFL today, out high and dry with just about nothing to work with when he really didn't have a whole lot to work with in the first yep. place. I agree with that. Just getting off topic real quick, just on the subject of the draft in general and stuff like that, um, news just came out as we speak um, relating to Pro Days. Really? Tua um, Tugavaloa is actually going to make a video of his Pro Day and send it to interest the NFL team. So, I mean, that's obviously the only way to go about this and <laughs> It's the only way to go as far, as far as pro days, you know, interviews, meetings. So, two, I think, is the first guy to come out and actually, you know, take this approach. So, we'll, I'm pretty sure we'll see other guys follow, especially those lower-end guys that, you know, need to make a case for themselves. So, right. that's really interesting. But it, um, it, another team, well, you were going to say something? No, I was just going to say, in this technological day and age, this is the only way that, they, like, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's never good, but... If there were a time for this to happen, this is the best era for it to happen in because you can get those sort of things out online and things of that nature. But what were you going to say? Oh, yeah, I was just going to go to another team that I think um, has really shifted just the draft board and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. My 49ers, man. <sighs> really? Yeah. How so? I think we're getting a receiver, man. You got to. I don't, I don't know if that's going to be... Pairing up those two first round picks and finally going to make that big trade for Odell that we've been trying to do. Ah, that would be that's, something. That's always just something that's been in my head because I don't know. There's always a lot of drama around Odell, and Cleveland claims that you know they're not trying to trade him. But whatever Cleveland says, you should probably always believe the opposite. Um, but if not, man, um, with Lamb, possibly, you know, possibly not even possibly, really not going eight now. Mm-hmm. The first team to probably pick a receiver would maybe be the Jets. Maybe the, the Jets probably would. 
if they didn't go offensive line. If they didn't, so, I mean, the Jets are the Raiders, which is 11 and 12. The 49ers have 13. Um, the Colts pick because of Buckner. So, I mean, you're getting one of Ruggs, Ruggs Judy, and Lamb. So, yeah. Yeah. And any of them in Kyle Shanahan's offense next to Debo Samuel with George Kittle with those running backs. And to me, in terms of fit, Ruggs is the best because he just seems like the most, like one of those gadget guys. You think it's Judy? Okay. I think Ruggs is the most dangerous person to be in that offense. Mm. But I, and I don't want to say that I don't believe Ruggs is a one because I do, but Judy compliments Debo a little bit more than me. How's that? Just his silky route running, his quick feet. Um, just his, you know, after the catch, just everything. Right. Like Debo's more of, of that, and I'm not making this comp, but he's more of that DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, a strong physical type of player. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. and so, I mean, I, I know Ruggs takes the top of the defense, but I don't know if I want Ruggs and you know Debo to be my one and two mm-hmm. for the 49ers at least. So I really think they want Judy. If they actually selecting receiving the draft, and I think that's pretty dangerous. For me, it just I, I'm coming at it from a standpoint of how I've seen Kyle Shanahan conduct his offense, and yeah. I know that he likes to have guys who can just absolutely, you know, track speed. You know what I mean? Uh, he yeah. tried it with Goodwin; it didn't really work out. Um, but Rugs just makes sense because we know Kyle Shanahan likes to do a lot of different things with a lot of different guys. And yeah. in terms of versatility, I just see Rugs as that sort of gadget. You can send him on a jet yeah, sweep. You can, you know, send him on a streak route. You can give him, like, you know what I mean? Just a, a bunch yeah, of, like, different little nuanced things that you can do with him. That seems like a fun toy that Kyle Shanahan would like to play with. Um, but if Judy's there, I think you're you're dumb if you don't go get Judy because he is the better of the two. I just see yeah. Rugs as a better fit, if that makes sense. But yeah. talent usurps that in my mind. How about um, sticking with receivers, Stefan Dix to Buffalo? Do you think Buffalo still tries to go get a receiver in the draft? Yes and no. Mm. Um, maybe in a later round. I mean, I, I think a core of Brown, Beasley, and Diggs is really good. Um, but, I mean, you can never really have enough receivers. Right. And especially with a guy like Josh Allen. So, I mean, I, I can see them. Probably not early, but but yeah. And I actually want to come back and touch on that in a second. Um, but I have to address the Buccaneers. Right. Um, I think they're in a hard situation, man, with, with the 14th pick. Because I actually kind of did my own little mock draft last night. And... I didn't write it down anything, so I don't remember, like, you know, who I had going where. But all I remember is Jordan Love was on the board at mm-hmm. 14 for the Bucks. So my question to you is, um, and I came up with a couple of scenarios. Um, do the Bucks draft the offensive lineman to help Tom Brady or maybe trade back and get, like, a Jonathan Taylor and pick up an extra pick to help a Tom Brady to get, like, a sure um, RB1? Or if there's a Jordan Love on the board... Are you doing what's best for your franchise and taking that quarterback maybe hopefully well you know if they view him as a quarterback in the future are you taking that quarterback are you doing whatever it takes to have time for anyone now I'll tell you what you don't get Jordan Love because we saw the last time what happened when the team brought in a young quarterback to eventually not even currently but just to eventually take the helm from Tom Brady 
and that was Jimmy Garoppolo. And how did but Tom- don't you think that's a little different just because what about two years ago Belichick was ready to move on from Brady? He I was, have, but like from have- from my understanding of it, he was never. Um, Tom Brady was never a fan of Garoppolo to begin with. The second that they brought in Garoppolo, it was, oh, this is the guy that's ultimately going to take my job. He's gunning for me. I'm not going to help him in any way. I'm not going to mentor him. And I don't know. Those things tend to get blown out of proportion at times. But I do know, given the competitor that Tom Brady is and the type of dude that he, he like, you know, how, how he presents himself, he's not going to take kindly to a team, you know, bring him in and then drafting another quarterback. Because that's well, almost like you're, you're the glue guy in that situation. I, I, mean, I think that, that, that they have to go win ago. now. That was five years ago, and what Brady was like 37 at that time. Something like that. So I get it, but I have to talk to Brady. Like, if Jordan Love is my guy, and I I know that, you know, he might fall, I have to, like, have to talk to Brady. Like, look, you're 42. We love that you're here. Um, we love that you're, that you're here. Um, yeah, we're trying to win now. We want to win now, but. We think this guy is it. Like you're 42 years old. Like you, you can't still be upset because there's somebody replacing you. Like you, there isn't another five years for Tom Brady. See, like at 37, okay. I don't know. In my eyes, when when Brady leaves the Patriots, he he tries to go to a place where he feels as though they're going to do everything in their power to help me win right now. And if the Bucks, I, I get that, but for me, it's just like if Love is my guy, or I. Think he could be my guy. It's just too important of a position to pass up. But you, you I, I gonna piss off really Brady, man? I'm not sure if you want to piss off that beast. Oh, no, I, yeah, I know, but I just think it's something interesting to to look at. You know, going forward, you know, what moves they make if they get a running back. You know, if they do what they think is the best for their franchise down the line. If they go off the tackle, there's a bunch of ways that the Bucks can go right now, and even go edge rushing. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's really interesting. But I think I wanted to hit on you. You did bring up Buffalo Bills. and um, I mean, it's all pod, so we can be selfish for a minute. <laughs> that helped both of us. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. More, yes, it did. More specifically, my Saints than yours, because you guys are the pick before Buffalo, right? No, we're the pick after. Bu- Wait. No, we're the pick before Buffalo, so I think, yeah. I think, yeah, right before. Yeah, with, and we're two picks behind Buffalo. But there, there was always the imminent threat of Buffalo trading up to go get a receiver. That's what a lot of right. Eagles fans are worried about. Right. So now you're not there at all. So look like there's more, you know, a, a higher chance of my Saints, you know, having a receiver on the board. And, you know, your Eagles hitting Jordan Jefferson. No. I mean, no. Justin Jefferson. Wow, I'm talking about his brother. No. Justin we're we're, Jefferson, we're getting rugs, man. It's, it's rugs or bust. And it wouldn't surprise me at this point, even though they did just trade a couple of those extra picks that they had, if they do try to trade up for a guy like that, uh, depending on what happens throughout the rest of free agency. Um, Derrick Henry franchise tag. And I bring this up because I multiple times throughout this, uh, when we were drawing up our mock drafts, you alluded to the idea that they might go ahead and try to get another running back to bring in. And after franchise tagging him, that makes a heck of a lot more sense to me now than it did before when you were talking about it. Told you they were going to do him dirty, man. Yeah, they did. That That's so... Uh, we'll get to that, but that was bad. That you, man. That, that was like, you know... They have to take a running back. They have to... Well, they lost Cochran, so... I mean, they could go off of the tackle, but... Unless, like... Um, What's the guy from Houston? Uh, I forgot his name. Um, I forgot his tackle from Houston. Laramie Tunsil? 
no, from University of Houston. Sorry. Oh, Josh Jones. Josh Jones. Yeah, Josh Jones. Unless Josh Jones or somebody's there at the end of the first, they have to go right in there. They have to. You have a choice. That is, and there's a there's a real possibility that Josh Jones is there, but I I can't get over the fact that they did him like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was that was that was pretty interesting. Now, you brought up the idea of the Bucks taking a quarterback. I'll flip that and propose the idea of Dallas, who franchise tagged Dak Prescott. So you know what that means. He out of there. Come this time next year, he out of there. I'm not going. I'm not going for that because if. The Cowboys pick a quarterback in the draft. Excuse me, sorry, stretching the long day. If the Cowboys pick a quarterback in the first round of the draft, and there's no fans there, I'm gonna be highly disappointed. So I'm not even they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna boo the the mess out of but, yeah. But nah, seriously, I don't, I don't see them doing that. At least not this year. I, I just think you're a franchise tag back next year before. I can't, the franchise tag, man. I, they they might as well just hold up a middle he's, finger he's to the, gonna, anybody's he's face. Can't use it anymore. Yeah, yeah, man. I, they, yeah. That's just the they held the middle finger up straight to his face. Now another you you brought up Jack Conklin to the Browns. Are they still in the market for an offensive lineman? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. They, 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 they have to. They that entire, I mean, many offensive linemen as possible. Exactly, because you you got a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. You got weapons, but somebody just, like Simmons would have to fall. Yeah, which he won't. He he shouldn't at least. Yeah, yeah. And finally, Corey Littleton to the Raiders. They still in the market for a uh, uh, linebacker, or do you think that that's going to be the uh, the end all be all for him? I don't know. Um, I can still see them taking a Murray or a Queen. That or would potentially, or potentially going defensive back there. Because we know that Gruden likes to run that Tampa two, right? And yeah. that means you need a run a linebacker who can like really get after it, go sideline. I mean, you think Derek Brown, uh, how, how he used to be. Um, so you really need a guy who can get. Uh, who can get after it like that? And I guess the question is whether you think Littleton is that guy or not. Littleton's good. I just I don't know if Littleton changes me wanting to draft a linebacker, mm. especially someone like a Queen. It would it would have to be like I said for a defensive back or something like that because their front seven or their, their defensive line is pretty good, but. I mean, unless there's somebody in the secondary that they really like, like a Henderson or Fulton. I, I think I would still go linebacker. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. I, and, I don't think that takes a lot of the market for that. And just, you know, th- this is this isn't always indicative of playing speed, but Littleton did run a four seven three forty, so that's yeah. not that, that fast. So he might not be the, the solution in terms of the middle linebacker. But speaking of linebackers, let's move on to the last segment of this show. Um, we're going to give you our top five linebackers thus far. It really, I'm not sure how much is going to change, you know, with with not pro day, with no pro days or anything like that coming up. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, what the tape is telling us throughout the rest of this process. But we're going to give you our top five linebackers as of right now heading into the draft. Starting at five, going down to one. Cam, who do you have at five? At five, I have Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech. He's really physical, fast the ball. Um, he ran a four five four at the forty. Mm. Interesting story. I actually read. Um, I actually read an interview this morning. I forgot what injury he had, but he had surgery three months ago, and he didn't get to train for the combine. 
and he actually started running again the week before the combine and still wow. went out there and ran four and, five four. Wow. So um he's he's way better um against the run than he is in pass, but he's definitely shown the ability to um, match up against some tight ends, some bigger receivers and actually hold his own. So actually a guy I'm really high on. Interesting. Um, probably um, second and third round guy Jordan Booker Texas Tech is my number five yeah, Eagles might have to take a look at him because that that's the linebackers huge need and I didn't know that about uh, his not being able to run until a week before the combine that's pretty impressive um, now speaking of impressive combines my number five is Willie K Jr. Um, and he didn't stay step for step with Isaiah Simmons because that's really just physically impossible for any human being but he came about as close right. as it was to doing that at the combine in terms of his 40 time his broad jump his vertical this dude was ridiculous and had it been not the Isaiah Simmons combine he would have really stood out and made a name for himself but um Willie Gay I really like his tape too he has a, he has a very good nose for the ball he has a lot of juice he gets downhill well um he's pretty quick sideline to sideline uh, as you guess by his 40 time but I do question his coverage ability um, but the athleticism is there, so you know the potential to become that sort of player. It's there, but he, he just would have to, to groom that up a little bit. But I do like him out of Mississippi State. Uh, heading to number four, I have Zach Bond. Uh, I think we're in a grants there, if I remember correctly. Yeah. 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 And it, it, like it's it, we're splitting at hairs between this top three. I'm not sure if we'll agree or not. I have a feeling that we do. Um, which wouldn't make for riveting podcasting, but you know, the linebacker class is uh, it's pretty cut and dry. It's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Um, but Zach really reminds me of you remember Hassan Reddick? Yeah. He, he really reminds me of that sort of player, and that he's very versatile in terms of playing the will, the the Sam, the Mike. He can edge rush. He can blitz yeah, from. Yeah, play the edge. Yeah. That, that's how I really view Bond as more of an edge. Yeah, he's but, just not that big of a dude. Can, like, exactly. Yeah. Um. But for all the things he does well, and the reason why he's not higher on my list, because I do love versatility, but for all the things he does well, I'm not sure if he does anything truly great, which is why he's just right. number four. And also there's um, just a lot of, like, question marks around him. And if, you know, just last year was a one-year wonder. Right. In 2016, he didn't really do anything. I think his freshman year, he might have redshirted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2017, he had a foot injury in preseason. And then last year, 2018, he only had two and a half sacks and then went up to 12 and a half this year. So, I mean, there's question marks around that. But, but, but yeah, good guy. Good football player, but nothing special there. Right. Um, number three. I have Kenny Murray. Same. Yeah. I, I feel like um, the rest of our list is going to be the same. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either one. And surprisingly, I mean, I don't. Like, every time I hear it, it's a surprise to me. I'm not sure about you, our listeners, but he's six two two forty three. He just doesn't. He does. Yeah, he, he doesn't. Two forty is like um, that's a lot of weight to throw around. Yeah, he, he's way bigger than he's on TV. He's a physical guy, and man, he can blitz the hell quarterback. And that that's so. that's that's much needed. Um, and it, it's just really between him and Queen, and I really had to sit down and think about this because they are very very close in my mind, but. Queen just reminds me more of the prototypical modern NFL linebacker than Murray does. Murray seems like more of the old school kind of, you know, neck pad sort of guy where, you know, yeah. Patrick Queen's more of the a little bit more finesse, a little bit more coverage ability, a little bit more speed. Guys, you got to have a little neck pad guy every now and then. But you got to, you know, in terms of having that really guy, that guy who can really solidify your defense, you, you got to have the modern NFL linebacker, which is why. My number two, and I'm assuming yours is too, is Patrick Queen. Yeah, 
definitely. Yeah. I mean, we already said it. Plug and play, instant starter, sideline to sideline, physical. Can he's dominant against the run? Can play in coverage. I mean, what you asking for from a linebacker these days? So right. he check all of the boxes. And, and the, uh, the thing for me with him was his ability to, and. This is important for a linebacker in my mind is how often when I'm watching tape of your team are you around the play or making the right. play and he just has that, that what they call a nose for the ball and he oh, just yeah. he's always around the play and that's like you love to see that every time I'm watching an LSU game it's always number eight number eight number eight near or around or making the play so uh, I, that's really that's not something you can really teach I feel like that's more instinctual um, and he just has the linebacker instinct that I think really separates the good and the great prospect and I think he's worthy of a first round pick at this point the more I watch him the more I like him I, I think that's a first rounder agreed um, do we have to do this number one we gotta do this we gotta do this turn me up turn me up I'm, I'm not gonna say anything at this point on the clock to just be change to Isaiah Simmons podcast hey man might have to do it might have to do it I'm just gonna let um, and I'm I'm a big Isaiah Simmons fan love the guy one of my favorite players in the draft one of my five favorite guys but this guy is the the president of the Isaiah Simmons fan club yes sir president CEO vice president treasurer <laughs> Secretary, guy. yes, sir. I'm telling you, I Isaiah guess, Simmons. I just own five percent of Isaiah Simmons stock. Maybe a little bit more than that, but that's my guy. But leave this to Reagan. Here, here's the thing, right? And y'all know I love my track guys, but he's he's obviously number one linebacker. But if he decided to play safety, and we made a list for the safeties, he would be the number one safety. If we decided to play edge rusher. Uh-oh. <laughs> and we decide to make a list of the top edge rushers, maybe excluding Chase Young, maybe excluding Chase Young. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But if we if we had to make a list of the best edge rushers in this draft outside of Chase Young, he's probably number one. If he decided to play, you know, nickel corner, and we just and we said who are the best nickel corners in this draft. He's probably number one. If he decided to play corner instead of linebacker while he was at Clemson and he trained as a corner, he would probably be the best corner in this draft, <laughs> excluding maybe Okuda because Okuda's different. But he's up there. That's the that's the type of talent. I just want everyone to really try to grasp the type of talent. If we if he decided to play receiver, if he wanted to play wide receiver or tight end, no. No. He might be no. the best receiver in this draft. No. This is the no. type of athlete that we're dealing with here. No. If he wanted to play receiver, quarterback, receiver. Oh my God. No. he would be the number one pick over Joe Burrow. No, no, no. I'm playing. If he wanted to own the team. Yes, he would be the best GM, the best coach, the best scout, the best everything, man. No, but in all seriousness, like this dude is so physically different that it is ridiculous i've never seen anything like it and just the, the versatility is is mouth it's mouth-watering man it's mouth-watering because there's so many things that you as a defensive coordinator can do with that on a weekend and week out basis we think about guys like lamar jackson right on the offensive side of the ball and how how much fits he would give defensive coordinators because you never quite knew what he was going to hit you with 
that's the same thing on the defensive side of the ball that you get from Isaiah Simmons. You never know where this guy's going to line up. You never know what he's going to try to do. You never know how the defensive coordinator is going to scheme him on a given week. But you know that you're going to have to do something to counter and try to stop him, which is just that, that that's so much power to have in one guy. And, and just the, 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 the glue ability, the, the, the duct tape ability in terms of, you know, if I, you know, my safety goes down, I can go plug him back at strong or even free safety probably. I, if my middle linebacker goes down and I need a mic, he's there. If I need an edge rusher, he's there. If I need a nickel corner, he's there. If I have to go cover, you know, Travis Kelsey, he's there. You know what I mean? Like this, this guy, is just the amount of things that he can do on a football field is ridiculous, man. He's the, he's the number one linebacker, and in my eyes... And your heart. And my heart, <laughs> and my soul, and my very being, a top three prospect in this year's draft. Easily. Easily. And I you, you know I, I slightly like him better than Chase Young, which is a lot to say, because I love me some Chase Young, but I just love the versatility that much more. I would put him at number two, possibly number one, if I'm really, you know, uh, slicing at hairs, because Burrow, you know, we all know how great Burrow is, but Isaiah's been, you know, he's been great for longer than Burrow's been great, but, like, I'm not going to pick a hairs there. They're all great prospects, but easily a top three prospect in this draft. He's, he's just ridiculous. So that, that's that's my spiel, man. That's my spiel. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, turn this the last 10 minutes of this podcast into the Isaiah Simmons show, but uh, he's, he is, guys. He, he's great. <laughs> he's so great. Isaiah, if hey, you're we'll out there next, listening. Another segment on Isaiah Simmons. Man, as he's just, he's so, he's so great. Have you seen the video where he raced Travis Etienne and just almost beat him? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. And Travis Etienne's probably a 4-3 guy. And, oh, my gosh, I, I, I can't. Don't get me wrong. I love Simmons, but I just love hearing Reagan talk about him. It's hilarious. Dude's yeah. ridiculous, man. What what can I say? I have a thing for versatile athletes. Dude dude is absolutely phenomenal. Um, With that said, I don't really have much more to add. Uh, that kind of drained everything I had to say with talking about Isaiah Simmons. Cam, what about you? Um... Yeah, um, as far as football draft content, I think we're pretty good. Just again, just want to, you know, wish everybody well. Hope everybody's doing well. Remember, you know, quarantine. Stay with your loved ones. If you have any old family members with you, any elderly family members, and you've been out, even if you haven't, just, you know, try to stay away from them. I know that's hard. That's a tough thing to do. But just for everyone's safety, just stay inside. Just hopefully this thing passes, you know, passes us soon. But... We all have to do our part in some way. No um, doubt about so, it. Yeah, just continue to wash your hands, stay safe, hand sanitize, do everything that you can. And we'll be back next week. But, yeah, man, just everybody try to stay safe. This is at least one of the craziest things I've experienced in my life. This is ridiculous. Outside. To think that we're, we're this is really, this This is something that's going to be written about in history books is the, the coronavirus outbreak of 2020. This is... Mm-hmm. And, it. and this is coming from a guy that, you know, when it first happened, I was just like, oh, you know, um, this is, you know, this seems fake. Wasn't really paying attention to it. Knew that I got a break from school, from school, but you know, this is at least a little bit, you know, more serious than you know. I thought it was even a couple of days ago. So right. yeah, we all need to do our part. You know, it's a lot of people, you know, passing away and stuff like that. And that's, that's really tragic. That's the last thing that that we need. So 2020 has already been a crazy year. And it's, it's just March. So yeah, everybody trying to stay safe. We don't really want to end on a on a sad note, but. 
Just had to let that, you know, had to let that be known. Well, let's end on this note then. A happier note, the Eagles are not going to draft Justin Jefferson. That's the happiest note I can end on. I mean, I mean, that's fine. You can just have your receiving credit you have now. And then we'll just hear you cry about no receivers on triple coverage. No, so, I mean, that's no, fine. no, 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 no. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Or maybe, maybe he can throw the football to Darius Slay. Hey, you know what? He ain't got to throw the football to Darius Slade. Dak Prescott's going to handle that for him for next year, and then he's going to leave. Daniel Jones is going to handle that for him. You guys have no receivers, and you're sitting here being picky. Here's the thing. Here's Okay. Well, I, I won't get into the thing because we're, we're just about wrapped up time here. But that'll do it for this episode of On the Clock. This has been Reagan Griffin joined by Cameron Lewis. Uh, we're going to keep you guys updated with the content as best as we can throughout the rest of this process all the way through April. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next time. See you guys.